This is Monster Manual Mash. This is the podcast that uh, Wes and I do. I'm Chris, by the way, and that's Wes. <laughs> Hi. And we're talking about monsters, going through the Monster Manual, one entry at a time, fifth edition, the new stuff, and going into what they are about. Each creature, what are they? As presented in the book, what is this book trying to tell you? And then we dig deeper into where these things come from in folklore and history and where previous editions of the game have used them and what we think you can do with them that's better or more interesting using everything available, including the book and um, whatever you find laying on the floor also. (laughs) So today I have something to start off. We don't always do corrections, but I like talking about them. I like getting more. This isn't a correction. This is actually just an omission. Last time we were talking about blights. Yeah. And I said this to you immediately after we finished uh, the recording, but I was like, oh, I forgot to say you can do something fun where like, because we talked about how plants can communicate using right. their root systems yeah. and whatever other chemical signals to each other, um, that they should learn tactics from the PCs or maybe even damage types or um, anything that the players used against the blights in the first encounter, you could have subsequent blights kind of like know how to fight against it somehow. Yeah. Or the talking ones could only talk or start using phrases that they've heard you use. Oh, that's such a, that's a good one. That's like an, uh, have you seen Annihilation? No. No? I don't want to spoil it. Okay. But there's a thing that, where there's that. Great. It has that. <laughs> <laughs> and they use it to really good effect, uh, whatever else you think of that movie. But yeah, it's a great idea. Um, so that's the thing you can do. Blights. That was sticking in my, in my jaw and I had to, my teeth. I had to get that out. Now we got it out. We got it out. Another thing. We have a question corner. Somebody actually sent us an email. Oh, great. We have an email account, monstermanualmash at gmail.com. And I encourage you to use it. And this is the perfect example. We have a question from uh, a listener, uh, Brian McKellar. He says, Hi, Chris and Wes. My party has a question. A fire giant is immune to fire. Does that mean they can't cook and eat the giant after they've defeated it? Oh. Mm. (laughs) Um, I I mean, I'm inclined to say yes. Mm -hmm. I'm inclined to say that you can't cook. The giant, at least, before eating it. Yes, you, after can, you, you cannot it. cook it. Like, they're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Like, its flesh is can't be damaged by fire. Right. Um, but I don't know. That would sort of depend if uh, whatever uh, magical property is making it immune to fire goes away with its, like, when it dies. Mm-hmm. Or is that, like, an inherent property of its body, physiologically? Or is that something about, like, the fire giant spirit that makes it immune to fire when it's alive? Right. Yeah. It makes you ask these weird questions. I would say... Um, that you you'd probably have to like maybe 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 dry it and just like cure it <laughs> otherwise <laughs> if you want to have like fire giant meat mm-hmm. but i would also feel a little bit weird about eating a fire giant just because they're so humanoid right like i don't know that that would that would just sit, sit well that's with that's, me in a you. Weird way. that's, that's you that's you that's west yeah right but i don't know if like bellicor the barbarian right would he wouldn't care he certainly wouldn't care right yeah i don't think he would bother to cook it either <laughs> this is the thing about uh adventurers too i like to uh usually i mean not everyone has this happen but you reach certain levels of depravity and uh extreme decision making that you don't when you're going through your normal life but adventurers are sort of like extreme survivalists and probably a lot of parties wouldn't have a problem trying yeah. I'm inclined to agree with you that yeah. you can't 
mm-hmm. cook it uh, because giants are sort of more connected to the primal elements. Mm-hmm. If you look at their history as written in the, the books, um, they have been around for a very, very long time and they are... Um, because there there's like cloud ones and ice ones and and fire ones they're all elements and i think you could easily um speculate that they are like molecularly cellularly uh different than us they're biologically different than than most other humanoids so i think a fire giant is actually like their cells are immune to fire and i think um maybe if left to decompose for a little bit of time it would gradually become more susceptible to the things that fire does normally yeah yeah but right away i don't think so and i don't think your players are gonna or your characters are gonna wait around long enough to let it decompose mm-hmm. unless they put it in a bag and bring it with them which uh probably i'm sure someone's gonna do yeah um but you could also i was also thinking uh sushi yeah don't gotta cook it you don't gotta cook slice it slice it thin yeah. yeah put it on rice off you go there you go and it, like a fire giant you could as long as you can like take it with you you know you got you got you got food for a long long that's time. a whole yeah that's a whole yeah. village for a month yeah that's great i yeah i would say that um if i were running that game uh you cannot cook fire giant meat um because it's immune to but there's also this is <laughs> we're gonna spend a while on this one i'm okay with that i'm okay with that um there might be is there a difference between um being like hurt by fire or like being like cooked by heat no i think i think there's no yeah like because i mean you could you could like you can heat something up in other ways mm-hmm. right um like could you steam could you cook it by steaming it could you steam? could you boil it right so then right so then should the damage immunity i is think it, it says fire yeah but so, should it just be like heat mm-hmm. heat yeah. i think i think uh includes i think it includes steaming yeah I would say so. I th- I think fire, like being immune to fire, is like shorthand for like you can't damage this thing with heat. Yeah, yeah. This is heat proof. Higher temperatures don't affect it. Yeah. However, that happens. Okay. Solved. Solved. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, send us your questions, and it has nothing. And so now we've set the precedent that it does not have to do necessarily at all with the monster that we have discussed already. No. It no. can be a monster related question. Of any kind. Can you eat whatever monster? Yeah. Is... In fact, I, I, I highly recommend you to ask us more questions about what monsters you can and can't eat and how you can go about doing that because yeah. that's, that's interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm down. Yeah. Again, monstermanualmash at gmail.com. It's probably just going to be Brian asking us more and more uh, complicated questions. <laughs> but that's fine. This, this can be Brian's email corner. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're ready. We're ready to mute to, to change with the times. We want to we want to be there for what you want us to be. But for now, we're going to talk about bugbears because that's the episode we're on. Yeah. Bugbears. Um, which if you haven't encountered them before, I can almost guarantee they're not what you're picturing. Right, yeah. yeah. If you're if you're totally new to D and D, then probably the image you have in your head is very different than what is in the book, or maybe yeah. not too different, but like the specifics are going to be way off. I yeah. think. So what we have described is something born for battle and mayhem. <laughs> they bully the weak. They love carnage. They serve powerful masters if bloodshed and treasure are assured. They have. They're a part of the goblin ecology. Yeah, and I know how you feel about ecologies right. in this game. I'm yeah, I'm mostly against them. Sometimes yeah. you can you can make interesting things happen out of them, but overall they're they're a crutch. 
Yeah. Uh, they enslave other goblins. They This is a weird one. They bully hobgoblins into giving them gold and food in return for serving as scouts and shock troops. Doesn't that just sound like a job? Yeah, that doesn't, sounds like an exchange. Doesn't that, that doesn't sound like... <laughs> I don't think you yeah. could like it's a weird way of putting it where you can bully like imagine you walked into McDonald's and you bullied the manager into giving you a job <laughs> serving burgers yeah, like it's not like exactly. you're coming out on top it's like oh man I totally hustled my <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that seems that just seems like an exchange for like of goods for services yeah it seems just like That's... a normal mercenary arrangement um, yeah but it's described as them bullying them into doing this which maybe that means. They think they're bullying the hobgoblins into doing this, but the hobgoblins are just like playing pretend to get what they yeah. want out of the, the deal. Like, oh, yeah, you sure got one on me. Hobgoblins are kind of wily. We'll get to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a strange one. That's a strange one. Uh, what is here? Like, even when paid, bugbears are at best unreliable allies. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Uh, so it just seems like they're 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 like um unnecessarily aggro employees. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They will bully you to give them a job that they don't want <laughs> and will yeah. leave at a moment's notice. Yeah. So there's a little they're, they're slightly more complicated than they look on the outside. They worship Hrugek, a lesser god on Asheron, Ast- Asheron, yeah. which I think is like a lawful evil planet of like nonstop battle. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> battle planet. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like a bat. I think it's actually a cube. Oh, sweet! And uh, because it's a lawful evil battle world, so it means that like everything's regimented, and you fight in like big lines of troops. Oh man! And they go at it all the time, and they like walk around the corners of the cube and and stuff. Wow! So it's um, just like this weird, like sentient chess dimension where it's just these like war games constantly. Yeah. Um. And they have a sort of Valhalla type of deal with with Hrugek, where they, if they prove themselves, doesn't really say how they prove themselves, but if they're like fierce enough, if they're the a good bugbear, they will get to join Hrugek and fight on his uh, along his side uh, on Atron forever. Mm, yeah, um, they try to prove themselves worthy by defeating as many foes as possible. So it's it's quantity over quality with them. Uh, yeah, yeah, going yeah. by the written by yeah. the the rule of the word here. Yeah, quantity. Um, over quality, which is, an, I guess, an interesting take on the Valhalla uh, noble warrior death thing. Because a typical Viking, as I understand it, is like, or at least a, a, a Viking in media is is a good death where you go against the odds and you like sacrifice yourself yeah. needlessly, but uh, valiantly, gloriously. Uh, the bugbears have a similar deal, except instead of glory, it's just like pure numbers. Yeah. There's, um, there's a random encounter in Skyrim mm-hmm. where you come across an orc who's like standing next to a couple dead like saber tooth tigers i think they're called saber cats uh and he's like i'm looking for a good death and so far no one's given it to me will you give it to me and you could be like yeah sure um but i always felt bad because i'd happen to like bump into him when i was like pretty powerful yeah <laughs> with, like it, it wouldn't seem like a very good fight and he's just he's not wearing a shirt he doesn't have a very good sword <laughs> he's pretty tough but um what I would do if I was playing a warrior is I would just like take off my gear and like fight him naked, oh my <laughs> so God. that it'd be a fair fight, and uh, so that it, so that I feel good about it. And like he's like it was just it was just like he's like ones and zeros in a computer, a totally scripted interaction. But it seemed important. It seems important <laughs> it to seemed you. Important, yeah. <laughs> to to make it like a fair fight. 
These bugbears are yeah. not like that at all. No, no. Because they are, uh, it also, so it says all this, and then it also says that they will run away at like a moment's notice. <laughs> yeah, if I were a Which goblin, I'd stay away from these dudes. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of in the lore, like the bugbears are sort of like necessary evils. Yeah. They are uh, definitely the big guns and you don't necessarily want to be near them when they're on a on a tantrum, but yeah. it's useful to have. Um but I don't they kind of don't make sense to me. They so they're chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they fit into the goblin ecology somehow, and they go to Asheron, the cube battle planet. Yeah. Um, but they're so chaotic, like they don't, they don't, the like the whole lawful evil thing doesn't really fit them. And I'm not entirely up in the Hrugak uh, mythology because uh, Hrugak existed in previous editions, and it keeps changing, and yeah. it's different in the Forgotten Realms and all this stuff. I don't know exactly what their deal is, like what he's the god of. In one iteration, Hrugak I think is this, this straight up god of murder, yeah, like not even battle and fighting, just yeah. like just the ending of life by another mm-hmm. creature. I- um yeah. so i think i think I, ball is the lord of murder now right yeah okay yeah. maybe yeah okay maybe i'm getting them all mixed up um i don't know who regek is i think just a really big bugbear yeah um but they they seem to value just like number of kills and killing more so than like uh ferocity and tenacity in battle because they seem to just run away if they don't like their job if they are outnumbered it explicitly says that they will uh, negotiate like a typical thing that would happen is that an injured bugbear would be left behind to slow down pursuers right and then that bugbear would be pretty eager to cooperate and like lead the other uh the the enemies to where the bugbears retreated right which seems like if this is like a known thing then i don't think the bugbears would leave i think the bugbears would actually be like untrusted yeah like do not leave a bugbear behind because they're just gonna turn around on us because they're so mercenary Mm -hmm. um so that's these, these are kind of interesting things to make a bugbear different than like other uh hairy well muscled enemies yeah there's like orcs and gnolls and all kinds of other like beastie bestial humanoids with big clubs and things that want to that just love murder the way to do these guys a little differently is like make them really uh like play up the mercenary thing they'll like they'll change sides at a moment's notice they all they want to do is kill something and they tend to live with goblins but they have no uh real problem going against them if they if they have to I, I like that there are like some kind of weird uh like like inconsistencies in their yeah. in their their motives here. Um and I think you could almost use that like as it's written um in an interesting way because if you capture one and you're interrogating it um if you have like a very clever wizard and this would like fit the player's character um you could be like well wait but you 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 worship like the god of this like lawful murder cube planet but like you you just run around killing everything like uh and you know like and <laughs> kind of expose the weird inconsistencies and in it's yeah. in its philosophy um to to manipulate it you know it's like i don't think you've really thought about your world yeah. here mr <laughs> bugbear let's, yeah. let's sit down and talk about this because yeah. it's it's uh you you're you're none of your none of your beliefs seem categorical yeah <laughs> um yeah so you could you could that could be a fun role-playing scenario totally yeah and i think it's it's also it's a good way to have a monster be as well like what kind of makes things monstrous is that they don't 
respond they don't uh operate the same way you'd expect a a normal thinking person to so having inconsistent beliefs and inconsistent behaviors that are still somehow consistent within the mind of the thing that's that's doing them Mm -hmm. is is great because then that's like a almost a truly unknowable creature is Mm -hmm. like something that believes something that you have no idea how they how they fit together and if you have if you're a charismatic enough character you could give it an existential crisis by yeah <laughs> by by exposing it to your worldview and then causing it to question it. Yeah, and you can yeah. Uh, yeah you could you could all kinds of ways to try and like uh, use how they're sort of programmed to behave against them. Once you but then the fun could be like learning how to do that. Yeah. Like you wouldn't. I don't think a bugbear would react well to being straight up told <laughs> that it's inconsistent. Yeah. Because it, uh, they're a little more brutish, and they don't really—they probably just outright reject yeah. whatever you're saying. Well, just but just ask you could, it like, questions, could, like make it think of the this Socratic method. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, listen, bugbear. So you believe uh, in 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 killing things to get to murder cube planet, right? And it's like, yes, of course. I was like, okay, well, like, do you like killing things because you're going to get to the murder cube planet, or do you like? killing things it's like well the murder and it's like yeah but then what are you gonna do when you're there you're just gonna be killing things for no reason so that's just gonna be pointless yeah <laughs> why don't you just pick a new god and profession yeah just delay that from happening yeah your buddies betrayed you so and they're the the, the word that they choose here is great on the the subheading and the last yeah. one venal ambushers yeah and i had to look that up because i've never really described something as venal or an ambusher, like I didn't even know what that could mean. Yeah, next to ambusher, mm-hmm. it just means the prone to bribery. Oh, great! So there are ambushers prone to bribery. <laughs> it's <laughs> that's like lots, that's a that's a very <laughs> dense pair of words. Yes, yeah, it is. It's a lot to unpack in those yeah. two words. Um, uh, but that's that that could be a lot of fun, and it doesn't it doesn't match the born for battle and mayhem part at the top because they're not like wading into combat and mayhem they're like very picky about it yeah uh but it does play up how they're they're ambushers that's kind of their tactic Mm -hmm. ambush uh ambush fighters is sort of the deal yeah let's look at the picture illustration yeah it looks like a muppet head on (laughs) a bigfoot body (laughs) yeah uh wearing like gladiator style um i don't know what you call that the like ab protector with uh skirt yeah leather skirt it's sort of like a like a like a gladiator bondage thing he does look a little bdsm yeah uh just a little bit not not a little bit yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't worry about it too much but it is a little it's just like the odd combination of it's like all leather and it like reveals a lot and it's like i I could see how that's maybe helpful but like not really he's got a tiny spike on one he's got wearing like a a gauntlet and it's got a spike on the back of the hand so if you backhand somebody you can hit them and he's got spiky shoulder leather armor with a strap going around all the way the chest Mm -hmm. and then the leather skirt thing yeah i mean the one pauldron the one shoulder plate that kind of makes sense because totally sure when his weapon is in right yeah so that'd be facing his foe yeah um but like all a lot of the parts i would go for if i were trying to hit him with a sword are unprotected totally unprotected right but i guess that means that uh like they're ambush attackers they're not they don't wade into combat they they leap out of it from like a in a position of advantage yeah um he's wielding 
what looks like a giant paddle. Yeah, with some spikes with, on it. With is contributing to the BDSM look, a spiked paddle. Apparently, it's a morning star. The morning star, which yeah. I can I can kind of buy. A morning yeah. star is just kind of like a big weight on a stick. Yeah. Um. So that I think that qualifies. Uh. And he's he's yeah. looking at his his paddle and yelling at it. That's is what yeah, it looks that's like. That's how you charge it up. <laughs> yeah. Woo! You gotta yell at it. And um I like I, I, I would imagine that whoever is outfitting the bugbear with armor is either another bugbear or something in the goblinoid family. Um mm-hmm. and would probably be of the mind that like more spikes are good. So Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, murder spikes. Yeah. Good stuff. So uh as described it's not a bad illustration of what a bugbear is according to the book um the face like it looks like a jim henson puppet it does yeah which is fine because the origin of a bugbear at least in like uh media development like not necessarily in folklore and stuff yeah is very much in line with it looking like a jim henson puppet yeah uh let's let's see what we got here uh i wanted to look at the original bugbear illustration, which I don't, I don't, I should have prompted you to, we're working on two different computers here to see things. But if you just look up the Dungeons and Dragons bugbear from the, so the first appearance was in Greyhawk, a Greyhawk supplement. Uh, so yeah, so I should clarify, there are, when I say the original illustration, there's one that is truly the original, but right. very, like, uh, a lot of people haven't seen it. I only, I've seen the bugbear one or the AD&D monster manual one before. But I haven't seen the actual original illustration, which um, is in a Greyhawk supplement. Yeah, Supplement 1 Greyhawk. So okay. that's the original. I'm going to turn my computer so you can see it. Okay, great. As I describe it, it was uh, said to be the result of a miscommunication. So already <laughs> we're on a good start. <laughs> already the perfect... Uh, yeah. This might bump the microphone a little. Everyone turn off your speakers for one second. So here you can see... <laughs> there's a few guys on this one uh, who is the illustrator greg uh greg bell okay illustrations by greg bell and written by gary gygax so in the description gary wanted <laughs> a creature that looked like it was like a, a brutish giant with uh, a head shaped like a like a head like a pumpkin okay so what gary bell did was actually draw a pumpkin head yeah on top of like a woolly bigfoot monster yeah but it's like a literal pumpkin (laughs) with like evil it looks like a halloween monster yeah it does a halloween swamp monster of some sort what's the caption under there because there's some other critters bugbear ghoul and friends (laughs) i was hoping it said friends i couldn't see if it was fiends or friends i was like that's that's great you asked the right question and you get the right answer uh Yeah. yeah So that is a great illustration of what a bugbear could be. This pumpkin-headed, like literal pumpkin-headed, woolly, naked men. (laughs) That's great. But the AD&D, or first edition monster manual, has... uh, Do you have it on on yours? I can just show you again. I can can, can see... Oh, that's great! So it it's a that's a that's a still, muppet. Yeah, still kind of a muppet. Yeah, actually, even more of a muppet. Still very hairy, not yeah. muscular in the least. No, it has just got like a ball of a body, it's just, just like a really sagging beer gut. Yeah, it's not, it's it's very like labyrinth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like a weird. Uh. Yeah. It would it would go well in labyrinth. He's the only thing he's wearing is like. I think it's supposed to be some sort of uh, plate mail jacket, 
but it could also be like a fishing jacket. It's it's looks, with many pockets. Sir, yeah, like a fishing <laughs> fishing vest or like a like a really intense bandolier. Yes. Yeah. And he's he's just entering a room th- through like an octagonal door and he's he's looking at you like either with confusion or lechery or i don't know what he's <laughs> thinking yeah or some alien combination of the two he's and he's pointing yeah. like a glaive at you yeah but not really at you he's just kind of at the side like it's a really it's delightfully confusing and i don't know what is going on but it's bad and he's got like <laughs> his legs are like really wide apart and like not much muscle but the the feet and the knees are like really articulated it's very strange yeah uh they're, they're they're really well rendered but he's got that kind of um in this you can see already the uh henson thing that they stuck with for all these years yeah they 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 settle on like yep it's fuzzy yeah it's fuzzy and it's got ears <laughs> yes uh so these are the drawings that we're, we're kind of working with throughout the the editions um but a bugbear originally also called a booger bear <laughs> is a legendary creature comparable to a boogeyman or boogie, or boogin, or bugaboo, hobgoblin, and other creatures of folklore, all of which were historically used in some cultures to frighten disobedient children. Yeah, classic. Yeah. In medieval England, the bugbear was a creepy and gigantic bear that lurked in the woods, and children were warned not to stray too far from home or misbehave, for the bugbear will get you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, web, the the dictionary definition of a bugbear is an imaginary goblin or specter used to, to excite fear. It is an object of or source of dread or a continuing source of irritation. We now just kind of use a bugbear. Um, I've rarely ever heard it used in normal conversation. Yeah. Uh, but it it can mean something which is annoying or irritating. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but let's it, resurrect that usage of it. Sure. <laughs> uh, uh, good luck. <laughs> Um, the, the thing with the bugbear though, is that there aren't, at least I could not find any specific examples of like the bugbear or a bugbear being cited. It's just like people used to call things bugbears and there's no like real story associated with it, but it is an enduring idea. The boogeyman mm-hmm. It's just like, instead of like a man, instead of like, uh, a Mike Myers boogeyman, it's a beast, it's a bugbear. So it's more like rural or yeah. wild um and it's uh it's still around this this image even though we haven't really like you and i i think people who play a lot of D uh when we hear bugbear we kind of know what to picture yeah um but other people uh they can still picture it because this this image is still kind of around in other media but the word bugbear isn't really used but you can see it in uh, things like uh, like Monsters, Inc., one of the main characters, the blue guy. Yeah. I've never seen Monsters, Inc., but the blue guy, it's a whole movie about boogans. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it really, it is. Uh, scaring people, and the blue guy is just it's like a big bear. Man. He's like a bugbear. Yeah, pretty and much. And his whole job is to uh, scare children, and then they they eat the children's fear or something. They, I, it's been a while. Yeah, uh, they have some kind of economy based on scaring children. Right. Yeah. Maybe, um, it, maybe it's power. Maybe it powers their stuff or something. Yeah. Sully, Sully. That's Sully. His, okay. Yeah, James P. Sullivan. Right. The bugbear. I don't think they call <laughs> yeah. him a bugbear, but he's a bugbear. He's, he's a big. He's, yeah. For some reason, it's an enduring uh, image, like a monster under the bed. 
yeah. in the closet, yeah. in the darkness, but it's like woolly and mm-hmm. hairy and big and like kind of dopey looking, but yeah. also monstrous. Yeah. But it's that it and but it's still a little bit different than like a like a like a Bigfoot Sasquatch sort of situation. Yeah, because like it's not a, a it's not thing. a cryptid. Yeah, yeah. It's not something that exists outside of your fear of it. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. A, a bugbear is like is tied to the fear of whatever it's harassing or yeah. whatever's thinking about it. Yeah, because with without the notion of it being behind a closet door or somewhere, it's not the same thing. Which is why. The bugbear in the game, uh, they try to talk up the ambushing part about it because that's kind of the yeah. source material. Like it's a scary, spooky thing that scares you. Yeah. So what can do that in a combat situation? Something that literally jumps out at you. So ambush. Yeah. Um, but as the the additions went on, and I think even in the uh, like first edition stuff, it was I can't remember. I forgot to bring my uh, first edition monster manual, but I think it's like um, I think they are still tied to the goblin uh, ecology, so they yeah. are still they're like the ambushing is military in the game. It's a military tactic. Okay, um, but a bugbear in a more primal sense is like not a military tactic it is like oh it's like a horror movie yeah yeah it's 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 not doing it to get like a tactical advantage against you or to like secure resources from you it's like no it like like the monsters inc guy like it wants to scare you in particular yeah or i think um in i think in the pathfinder versions uh they've they kind of they do a slightly if you're going to do a goblin ecology, I think they do a better one where mm-hmm. they've, instead of this like brutish warrior born for battle and mayhem and then writing about how he's actually kind of not, uh, they have the bugbear as like, instead of this weird BDSM gladiator, they have it as like um, a big woolly monster thing that still is a little bit Jim Henson, but it's yeah. like mostly obscured. It wears like a big cloak, so you can't even really see it, but it's yeah. like anything could be under there and it's kind of in the shadows already. And its whole job is just murder like all it does it's not a military thing although i'm sure you would still encounter it on the field but like its job is to go into alleys and nooks and crannies in people's houses and stuff and just murder people to cause (laughs) to cause uh mayhem that's the mayhem it causes not battle it's not on the battlefield it's like it's a domestic horror yeah and i think that's the thing that's missing from the fifth edition bugbears domestic horror um, I think it's missing from almost all of the monsters, actually, in the effort to make it more of a combat game, yeah. which it totally is. Which you, uh, as much as me and uh, uh, I think you as well, like want to like I don't want to shy from the combat. It's fun, it's part yeah. of the game, but yeah. like I also want to figure out ways of like what else? What else can this game do? Yeah, totally. Yeah, using what's already in it. Yeah, but I mean that that so much of that is dependent on like the players and the the game master because it's hard yeah. to print rules about like be creative, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which fifth edition does a pretty good job of, like yeah. with the DM's guide and um, even in the player's guide. There's like all there's lots of there's never been more advice. Yeah, in the game itself, like I'm not even talking the the streaming and the whatever you can look up online. Just in the game itself, there's never it's never been a better time to try and get creative because yeah, it actually totally. helps you. It's a game that is now looked at itself and realizes that it's like I'm actually pretty hard to get into if <laughs> you don't know what what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so its outreach is pretty good lately, and I think this is a good way of like talking about that. The bugbear, like uh, domestic horror instead of pure military. Um, I still like if you just take it 
to uh, take the game as a tactical combat game. Um, the bugbear, as written, is pretty decent. Like, I think it's yeah. a cool idea to have, like, the goblin ecology works from a tactical standpoint. So you have the hobgoblins issuing orders being the excuse for why the, the enemies are acting really intelligently. Yeah. The goblins are expendable, um, uh, not as coordinated, but it could also mean that they do suicidal things or they could be really ineffective. It's very yeah. chaotic. Mm-hmm. But if you have hobgoblins commanding them, then it's really bad. Yeah. And same with bugbears. If you if they are alone, uh, very tough. Yeah. But if you can break them psychologically or yeah. like if you can if you can offer them something better. Yeah. Then they do it. But if they're under co- uh, command of like hobgoblins, then they're not they're probably not going to break rank. And then it creates this really interesting, rich tactical field to work within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I would also, um, I mean, I, we could, we can maybe talk about this, uh, more with like goblins and hobgoblins mm-hmm. coming up, but we're here. We're here with goblinoids now <laughs> with, 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 uh, with bugbears. Can't close this can. Yeah. So I, I, likes to like i kind of played around with this idea of like all of these goblin like creatures not the ones that are like just other versions of goblins like bullywugs and kobolds and all mm-hmm. that but like hobgoblins uh and, and bugbears and, and and goblins that's they're all really just like differently like different individuals that are all actually the same thing like they're all just goblinoids and that's all that and like us as outside observers like call these ones bugbears and these ones goblins oh i see hobgoblins but um and i'm kind of borrowing this a little bit from uh the the uh from warhammer Warhammer works. Uh, yeah this is also in this is in fantasy and 40k and so you have the orcs the orcs and goblins are two different things right but um like within the orcs they get bigger and stronger the more things they kill and or the more times they fight stuff they just get tougher and tougher and tougher the longer they live and the more they fight so the biggest ones are the ones that have like beat the most people up and then they get they they, they're in charge of everything yeah and then they kind of keep everyone else down because they're the biggest because they've 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 beaten the most people up and killed the most things and they get to stay that way because it's like this whole you know the top the 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 powerful stay on the top Mm -hmm. and they keep everyone else down and over time that would create this like natural ecology within the goblin people you've got like the wily ones that are like kind of smart and crafty and like also pretty tough that like use politics and like and threats to like get their way so you got the hobgoblins and then you've got the bugbears that like sneak up on you and sucker punch you and have done that a lot so they got really big too and you have all the other goblins that are just kind of getting pushed around, but the other ones that can't get to the top because of those other ones. So you have this natural sort of like weird caste system hierarchy of like might makes right nonsense yeah. around this whole society. And like if they're all d- just driven to like d- get stuff and consume things and win fights, if they just kind of like win want to win fights and get stuff out of it, then it was sort of like they would naturally kind of like follow. Yeah, this it's sort like of a like really order. fast acting uh, Darwinianism. Yeah, yeah, and so like that's that's kind of how I was. I would rationalize in my head, not that like these different species can't like band together and work together, but why are they always together? You right. know, and like why would why would you have things as, as chaotic and murderous as goblins and, and and bugbears and hobgoblins like constantly working together and yeah. like deciding to make deals with each other instead of with other things? And so, if they really were just the same chaotic, murderous, marauding civilization, where as individuals they're like power over the other ones like physically express themselves kind of like how you know like when some some animals that are that are like pack animals you get the one that's the alpha or whatever it does get bigger and stronger than the other ones right probably because it eats more but also there's like weird genetic triggers that go sometimes um 
like when a when a when an orangutan um uh <laughs> gets you can't you parts. can't see what just happened but uh when west said orangutan his eyes lit up like he was he was talking about his like best friend yeah. in the world or like yeah. his <laughs> yeah sorry go on yeah go on um uh i think i might be i might have to issue a correction later because i might be getting some of the details wrong but I, it sort of works where once an orangutan uh gets like um as like establishes a territory um where there are like female ones and whatever one a male one can do that then it gets like the weird like the then it gets the big face the, the, yeah the big like face flaps and its hair gets longer and it just gets like bulkier and huger so it can like beat up the other ones yeah and so it's got territory that overlaps with like its harem basically but they just kind of bump into each other once in a while yeah and then its job is to keep the other smaller ones out of there and the other smaller ones are trying to outsmart the big one and so they can like if they can outsmart the big one then they can like supplant it and then one of them gets to like physically gets to get be, huge. become the big huge one but it's not like just they get to eat more and that's why they're it's something about their body knows like there's a hormonal change or something that yeah. like makes them change they're, like something has changed in their mind yeah like the way they look at the world and yeah. their body is reacting it's like they enter physically. into a different phase of their existence yeah. where they they they're they're in like okay now i'm protecting this land instead of trying to take it so right. um you could have like a um uh like a weirder more sinister version of that going on with like goblins and bugbears and hobgoblins <laughs> where like when when some of them like hey i just like uh murdered this guy and now everyone else is looking to me because i murdered him and then think and then something goes on in their head and then they like over the next like couple of weeks they just like get huge you know that's a that, i think yeah. it's a great idea because um not only for all the reasons you said but it allows for even more creativity i think at least uh the way i think about it is like you have these common ways of getting stronger yeah so you have the hobgoblin ways which are like let's like be organized about this and yeah. then they get better at being organized and then they become almost what on the outside looking like a different species yeah and then you get the bugbears which are like let's ambush forever and even though they get bigger and bigger like if you look up an image from a, a fourth edition bugbear called the bugbear strangler <laughs> that's its job it does that's one great. thing i came here to strangle and that's just what i'm gonna yeah. do i don't even i don't even uh, know what bubblegum is if I, you just look, came here to strangle. Yeah, I don't even have a second part of this yeah. uh this catchphrase um if you look up uh not the illustration of it but the uh the miniature it's just like a huge bulldog looking monster with giant fists holding like a rope or a chain in the middle and it's like this giant creature has decided that its its weapon is like a rope and oh, it's gonna yeah. stalk around like i imagine <laughs> i imagine great. that yeah i imagine that thing like starting off as a small goblin that was strangling things and it just got bigger and bigger but it was unable to like i'm not gonna pick up a sword and shield are you kidding me yeah i'm just gonna strangle i don't care if i get 20 feet tall like i'm just gonna <laughs> just like hyper specialized into its niche yeah hyper like the... specialization i think is, yeah. a, is a great thing for goblins to do and i think you should take if you're gonna go this route make the the the, the bugbear like even bigger but still make its like hands have to be really close together to strangle like imagine you yeah, were trying to strangle yeah. uh uh like small animals <laughs> don't 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 but imagine just for a minute like uh dehumanize the whole thing and just yeah. think about 
how ridiculous that looks. Yeah. If you look a hulking like bodybuilder trying to <laughs> strangle like a, a like an ant or something, just like yeah. like how delicate you'd have to move your fingers, even though your muscles are so huge. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but that I think that's why it makes a good monster. The fact that I'm like hesitating to tell you to think about yeah. it it's probably a yeah. good example of a good monster yeah if you're hesitating to like put yourself in the shoes of something that's yeah, probably great. a good sign that it's a, Go it's all a the good way. thing to want to have then, to kill. Yeah. yeah and then with the to extending it to goblins which uh we're not talking about yet but we're talking about goblins mm-hmm. and uh you could have these common ways where they get to advance themselves but you like life you have all these experiments and these side projects and these yeah. mutations that happen that don't go anywhere but they're beautiful while they're there they're yeah. too beautiful to live so you can have these like small goblins being like i'm the tickle killer <laughs> like it's not gonna work buddy but you're trying yeah yeah <laughs> it's like i am jar of ants goblin i yeah. throw jars yeah, of ants at me. you yeah but the the problem is he's got to refill like get a new jar and fill it full of ants yeah time it's yeah he hasn't found a way to carry multiple jars of ants yeah so it's, it's not it's not working out for him but he's trying yeah. and you can get all these all these he opens weird, strong but yeah yeah or and you can even in uh open strong yeah it's a, certainly alarming at the at first <laughs> yeah. yeah um because you're covered in broken glass with ants all over you yeah you think it's something no good yeah and you think something else is going to happen yeah but then there's a, just this but then he just weird... looks at you with these really expectant <laughs> this really expectant uh, look on his this face little orange dude just standing there and it kind of makes you want to go like oh, oh oh yeah you got me because you feel bad for him mm-hmm. but uh yeah you got like so that's what you can do with that idea i think it's yeah. a great idea but if there's a bugbear lurking in the bush next to you after the, <laughs> the jar of ants goblin got you yeah then, then, then yeah, they're a then, good team again using using real world biology and like niche uh finding yeah like there could be there's probably the a, a bugbear following the ant the yeah. jar of ants goblin <laughs> who just ambushes um creatures caught off guard by the jar of ants goblin yeah who, who never gets to collect he he doesn't get any bigger because the the strangler the bugbear strangler gets all the uh, i don't know the psychological chemical producing <laughs> yeah. benefit yeah because he finishes the job right yeah and maybe that's what counts because if you're if yeah. hergrek all he cares about is body count not yeah uh there's no points for style yeah you don't get <laughs> you can't get like a, a like a hergrek lawyer to be like listen this yeah. is this counts hergrek doesn't count assists yeah he doesn't count yeah. assists there's no such thing as assists yeah um yeah which is like i think it also an unfair way of of tallying things mm-hmm. which totally makes sense for like a race of monsters yeah. yeah well that's why that's why you don't meet a lot of like humans and elves that worship hergrek yeah because it's not a good game it's not it's a good a hard gig. sell it's <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, I seem to be, and it makes sense that it would be like a, like your relationship with your deity, like doesn't seem like it's that positive because they're, these are the, the bugbears at least are people that think they need to bully employers into hiring them, (laughs) like bully themselves into like making a fair exchange into, into accepting their resume. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they think they're getting the better deal so yeah. there's a lot of it's good like uh, bugbears in general are really good i think you got to do what we're doing and unpack it all and re uh put it together differently yeah but you can use all the parts like all the, the materials there um, yeah there's also bugbear chiefs which are a bit tougher yeah um and uh 
That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Scanning uh, yeah. through there. They can intimidate you. The, yeah. The thing, the, the only thing that really stands out on their stat block is the surprise attack, which is their whole gimmick. So they do extra damage. If they do damage on the first round of combat, they get to do extra damage. Yeah. So that's the gimmick, more or less. And then the, the, the bugbear chief gets extra saving throws. So he's a little tougher. Yeah. So they're a little more defensive and they're a little more, I think their AC is kind of high for their, uh, challenge rating i think i'm not too hot on that kind of stuff uh as much as other people are but i think that's kind of the deal they're like they do less damage but they're harder to hit i think the goblins in general are like that and then the orcs are like the opposite yeah i think and yeah um i think i've got one or two more things to talk about relation to the bugbear uh so we talked about monsters inc that's that's a bear right (laughs) yeah a version of a bugbear i would agree yeah there's a show which i've never seen called scary godmother which has a bugbear in it. It's a great bugbear. It's a. Uh, it's got these big stumpy legs. Um, it's a big. It's like a big, colorful. It's like a plush toy come to life. It's like. It's like almost like a creature from Monsters Inc. But I think it came out before Monsters Inc. Um, it's just like a ball body with its face on it and a big, huge mouth. It's got crazy fur everywhere. Big trunks for arms and legs. Uh, oh yeah, there got, it is. It's very yeah. colorful. It's got like horns and wings, or like it, it it changes depending on the picture or whatever. Yeah, which is good because with uh, uh it, you should never with most as with most monsters, they're more effective when you don't have a full picture. Yeah, when the mind kind of fills in the blanks. So a bugbear in particular, because it is originally a creature of the imagination. It should have different things depending on when you see it. It's never never consistent and maybe plays up more on the fear of the individual than like maybe a bugbear is a real thing, but maybe it looks different depending on who you are and what you're yeah. what, what kind of your worst case animal worst case animal might be. They tend to have mammalian traits because they're big hairy slobbering things. Yeah. Um because they're not uh the difference between that and like a reptile is that they're cold blooded. They're 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 emotional. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. mammalian, so they're kind of familiar, but they're like ex- like the emotions that we have, they have them in the extreme, I think, like the yeah. desire to murder and the 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 anger and the the v- venalness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their their desire to take a better deal instead of uh go down with a sinking ship. Yeah. is also like a pretty mammalian thing, is a self-preservation thing. Yeah. But they have it it's all in an extreme. Uh and I think that's exemplified in that image pretty well Mm -hmm. there's also uh where the wild things are oh yeah which is a book full of bugbears which is about bugbears and i think a great example of how to use them um like what the emotions and the psychology of like a bugbear kind of is yeah or how they can be anyways if you want to play up the domestic horror yeah they just really love wild rumpuses they love wild rumpuses yeah. and they get out of hand. I like the that angle of it too. I like I would see I like the with 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 goblins and hobgoblins and bugbears and with these kinds of monsters. I like the angle where like yeah, they're like murdering and doing all of these things, but for them they're just playing and having fun. Right. You know? See, that's like yeah, it's not, a great angle to take. Yeah, like they they're just having a wild rumpus and like from them they're just having a little party and dancing around, but like for humans and whatever watching inside there's yeah. this horrible massacre, yeah. right? Which yeah. is um I think we've talked about before when we did the original monster manual mash yeah. show which was a, a single uh, i had a whole radio series and i had um the west come on for one show we did the goblin yeah which was uh went really well and led to this podcast but when we were talking about goblins 
we talked about how they were uh, like mercurial children. Yeah. It's like m- the maliciousness of children untethered to consequence and um, like super ego. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no society in their head telling them that they shouldn't do something. Um, and they are capable of mm. all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. And they have the dexterity and endurance to yeah, like, and they cause can, more mayhem. Yeah. Than they can get at you from yeah. the cracks because yeah. you can get at them and yeah. they can escape with their little malicious evilness and their like grinning faces <laughs> covered in blood. Uh, <laughs> and I think if you, you, I think it would be interesting to apply that idea to the other goblinoids. So yeah. to bugbears as well. And if you want to take that route, then you can really use where the wild things are as an ex- as a way to do that. Because the comparison is sort of like the kid Max in where the wild things are is like acting really wild at home. And, and he's like breaking stuff. And I, I forget exactly what happens, but he like he's misbehaving. He's he tells too wild. his mom he's going to eat her up. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And then he's like. What is he? He's like grounded or something, or he's I think like... he's sent to his room, right? And with 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 no food, maybe with no dinner. It's been a it's been most of my life, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the film, I haven't really read. I read the book once. I don't really remember it. But the film, I think he runs away. He's wearing and he demands to be fed, and he's his mom yeah. is like busy with uh, modern modern woman things yeah and can't deal with him right now and he gets upset and throws a tantrum and runs away into like the the cold right it's like winter or something yeah. and then he ends up at a pond and then sails away i think is how it goes down and then he gets to the island and he meets uh carol right who's i don't think he's named in the in the book is he i don't think so right no uh carol is, is like the the kind of iconic character and if you look at carol he his face although much bigger is kind of like the bugbear's face in the fifth edition monster manual um, or at least you can see how the Muppetness um, is there. Big woolly face. Oh, yeah, totally. Big, big eyebrows kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so Carol uh, throws a lot of tantrums and he's kind of like the the example. Of, he's like the villain in the story, even though the story is about like his friendship with, with Max. And Carol takes the tantrums too far is the problem to the and he's the thing is he's lonely and he loves Max and he loves uh, the other there's some drama with him and like another monster right who like leaves and comes back and like leaves again because she's so upset with how carol acts and that's kind of like your the parallel between max and his life with his mom and sister or something um that is like yeah sorry uh what were you gonna say well that's that's interesting because that's that's all the plot of the movie because yeah. in the book they just dance and then he wakes up right <laughs> that, that's kind of what i remember is that yeah. the, the, the book was actually pretty sparse yeah the book um, is like he gets sent to his room and then they they have a party and it describes the party in some detail right and then the the pictures take up more and more of the uh the page right um and then he wakes up and then he's like oh i guess i'm a good kid now sorry i told you that and i don't like it's all kind of it's 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 a very 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 minimal story right. so that it was it's strange because i haven't seen the movie oh, okay um th- like none of that happens oh okay yeah. that's interesting um it's a good i think it's a good film it looks it, it, it looks aesthetically yeah very yeah it's a it's a good looking movie and i don't think it's too long <laughs> which is my lately that's been my gripe with all movies that's yeah. why i say that is i think all movies are too long but anyways uh so yeah so carol throws tantrums and even rips the arm off like another monster okay in his tantrum and i think through that max kind of gets the point 
that he's he's his tantrums are what is getting in the way of what he wants okay and that uh if he wants to be close with people and and have them take care of him he can't be a a piece of shit right (laughs) (laughs) um and then like he kind of like he kind of repairs his like carol kind of gets the lesson as well or whatever and like really yeah. seems to and then he he goes home and then he like sits down with his mom and like acts like well and the, mm. his family's repaired but you can take this idea of like a bugbear is um i think this is true of bears as well at least for me anyways mm. when i think of bears it's like uh they are they are powerful they're they're possibly very dangerous and ferocious yeah and they are independent but you can the image of like a lone bear can also look lonely yeah like i'm not saying they are but like a a image of it as interpreted by us is like you're like a big thing not much can hurt you but it also means because you don't let things affect you that you are also probably kind of lonely yeah yeah and i think that is a way that a a bugbear might be as well where it's like it's misinterpreted it is misunderstood yeah and sometimes that means it hides under your bed and eats you yeah (laughs) so it's it's like a giant it's like a big kid who's dangerous yeah but hasn't had that like comforting voice of like safety around it to be like no no if you just like be cool to other people you could be a part of society never had that right so it's lonely and sad inside but that's outwardly expressing itself as being this like murderous monster yeah Yeah. because it can't help itself and it gets so full of it gets so full of rage when it doesn't get what it wants yeah or when it's insulted or something and it doesn't know how to control it and it has no support system to like <laughs> yeah <laughs> to no stop it system. from doing it or to yeah. tell it any to tell it any different so maybe you could even have no, no school board officials reminding it to make kind choices yes yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh uh yeah and I've, I've done this a couple of times i've thrown a creature not necessarily a bugbear but like a creature in, in a dungeon who's like very dangerous possibly but if you are just nice to it, yeah. it kind of like lets you go, even though like it, it doesn't learn a lesson yeah. and it's probably going to kill again, but mm. you can get around it this one time yeah. if you like kind of learn what just, it wants. Just pull the thorn out of its paw this one time yeah. and you get a pass. But yeah. yeah. But then I think that and that to I think has made kind of memorable encounters because it's like there's no easy way around yeah. this. There's no like, well, that's that problem solved. It's just like that problem's delayed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's like somebody else is going to go into that cave or like wander into this forest. Yeah, and, yeah, and we can't bring him with us. We can't bring him with us, and I feel bad if yeah. killing him. Yeah, and like I wouldn't. Uh, I think that's a great way of looking at it too. Is like I don't want to kill him because he's too tragic. Yeah, but I also don't want to like let him do what he's gonna do. I don't want to yeah. let him like eat more children. Yeah, it's, it's, at least while yeah. I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you need a protected like bugbear sanctuary somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> That would be great. Have a like a monster sanctuary monster where you sanctuary. just have dangerous you... monsters and the powerful wizard rangers are like keeping it. Where they're rehabilitated or at least placated by yeah. uh, like uh, if not virtual reality, then like they get to do role playing. Yeah, but they get to act out their their uh uh whatever their their desires are. They like... captured this abolith and was created like a illusionary society yeah. that's controlling from underneath. Yeah, but that's we just we just kind of let it think it's a tyrant, so it doesn't actually take over the town. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and you could have like all the like different monsters need different uh degrees of yeah um of of the fantasy. <laughs> so you might have actually have to convince an abolith that it is somewhere else. Yeah, whereas like other creatures, you can just kind of like 
let them play with like stuffed animals or like you can let them like put put blood in like a dummy and let it like rip apart the yeah. dummy and it's like and it's good that's for, great like, a little you, while you could have this like this whatever whatever like uh uh organization is like controlling this monster rehab center it doesn't view monsters as bad because they're a part of the world yeah but so they get they get messed up by adventurers and then society taking over their territory and now yeah. they can't like exist in the world without like messing up people's stuff and putting people in danger so we've got this other space here where they can do their thing and be monsters but yeah. not be a threat to other people like <laughs> But just doing that with monsters, like no, it's it's just a basilisk. That's it's normal that yeah. it creeps into your house and turns you to stone and then eats you. <laughs> That's just what they do. That's yeah. not bad. And so we just make a safe place for them to be monsters. I like that yeah. idea. <laughs> and then you could have a you could have something go wrong in that place. Oh, uh, inevitably, yeah, right? like a Jurassic Park scenario. Well, you know what would well, you, you know what would go wrong? Yeah. Is whatever the PCs are sent there to do, and then they have to decide whether or not are we going to like mess this place up. Yeah. There's to do no what we do. way that like nine out of ten Dungeon Dragons players are going to somehow mess that place up. <laughs> like either because of it Bulls would be more interesting, yeah. or because um, they accidentally do something, and then you know the, the DM like follows yeah. the consequences to their logical conclusion. Yeah, yeah. That's that's asking for trouble. Yeah, <laughs> with uh, with players, which is that's that could be a really interesting great. scenario. Yeah, it's great. Well, I think that ex- exhausts me for bugbear material. Yeah. Uh, next episode we have the bullet, the bullet, the land shark. Yeah, we will talk about that next. 